You are now listening to the Curtis King Podcast. What's going on with your music producers and welcome to a new episode of the Curtis King Podcast. For those of you that are listening on the traditional platforms, I want to say thank you for listening in, whether you're at work, at school, whatever you choose to endure, not even endure, but to consume this podcast with or wherever you're at. I want to say thank you. When you get a chance, please do us a favor. Leave a five star rating if you enjoy this content, whether or not it's your first time or not, doesn't matter. Just leave us a rating and some commentary so that people know, especially other music producers like yourself know This is the place to be. We put an extra emphasis on mental health and really just out of the box conversations that you don't typically hear from a music producer. Aside from that, I want to thank those that are listening or watching from my YouTube channel, Curtis King TV. If you too want to see a video version of this, I sound like virgin, a video version (laughs) of this podcast, make sure that you go over to YouTube and, um, yeah, subscribe to the channel, Curtis King TV, Curtis King with two S's, and you can see a video video form of this and connect with a very forward-thinking community over at Curtis King TV. So shout out to my, my YouTube family. I want to talk today about a topic that I'm sure you've either heard the phrase or the abbreviation. FOMO. The hell is FOMO? FOMO is an abbreviation for the phrase, the fear of missing out. It is defined here in the Oxford Languages Dictionary as anxiety that an exciting or interesting event may currently be happening elsewhere, often aroused by posts seen on social media. Another definition is from Wikipedia. Fear of missing out is a social anxiety stemming from the belief that others might be having fun while the person experiencing the anxiety is not present. It is is characterized by a desire to stay continually connected with what others are doing. And I think it's safe to say we all, especially living in 2021, I think we've all had this experience before, if not going through it right here, right now. Uh, It's a very, it's a very normal place to be, especially when we're talking about wanting to stay on the cutting edge of our careers as music producers, want to make sure that we have all the latest tricks and all the latest techniques and the latest plugins. And we want to make sure that, man, I see a lot of ads popping up for this particular plugin. A lot of folks in my timeline that I follow are using this and I want to do it. Whatever the case may be, there are those who benefit from FOMO, obviously a lot of companies. I mean, to a certain degree, I, I benefit from it. Um, when folks are like, damn, I want to try table. I want to try B timer, which you can get at slapexperts.com. But then at the same time, I suffer from it when I get into a place where it usually happens to me after I isolate myself from what's going on in the world. And then I kind of dive back into it. And then I'm noticing there's all these new narratives or all this new thing, especially it happens in sports for me. You know, like it'll be like a game where a player does something or two players get into some kind of a, of a uh, of a shoving match and I start wanting to dig into it and see if I can find some video footage and I start d- diving on to like 
source highlights on uh on on Instagram and then I start diving even deeper. Like it 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 happens to all of us. There is this fear of missing out because when you are exposed to other people's highlights on a regular basis, I mean, you're going to always feel like you're missing out because typically when we are consuming social media, it's either because we are bored, we're looking for something, or we're just in a place where we have the time. And when you have the time and you're not busy doing amazing highlights of your own, you're watching other people's highlights. When you watch other people's highlights, it makes you feel like, damn, when was my last highlight? It makes you feel like, damn, is everybody else out here living a life and I'm just <laughs> perusing on social media? No, those people are also going through the same thing. But there are levels to this. There are levels to this that I think are very much worth talking about. And uh, I want to start off with why I wanted to talk about this today. Um, through my Q&As and the questions that I get through many music producers, I'm always looking for patterns. I'm always looking for, yeah, you're asking this question about, you know, um, how can I build my buzz up? How can I, you know, get people to listen to my music? How can I make people care about what I'm working on? How can I get support? I look at what's not being asked. I look at what's at the foundation of that. And when I think about what's at the foundation of a question like that, I refer back to this TED talk that I saw with a gentleman named Bobby Mook. And he gave a great conversation, a great talk, a great TED talk about FOMO and why our generation has the biggest issue with feeling like, damn, am I missing out on all the fun that everybody else is having? And he says that it comes down to essential questions that we all have about our own life and our legacy. FOMO is all about our struggle, I should say, to answer these essential questions. Number one question, will I be remembered? What music producer out here right now is not concerned about being remembered? All the time that you dedicate to your craft, you want to make sure that somebody will bring your name up as one of the greats who have done what you have done or, or left what you have left. Second question, will anything I accomplish be important to anyone? Is what I'm doing even worth what I'm doing? Will the accomplishments that I accomplish, will, will they be important to anyone except for myself? It's a very common one, I think. Am I loved? Right? A lot of times you want to see do my peers respect me? Do those that enjoy the kind of music that I make, do they also love me? Do they love what I'm doing? Even beyond the craft, do they love me? I think that's another thing, too. This is why we seek the validation of our parents initially when we get started. The validation of our uncles and, and, and the validation of our brothers or whoever's close to us that we, you know, we admire or we respect their opinion. We want to know, am I loved? Another question. These are questions that are that, that we struggle to answer when we're having an, an, an obstacle with fear of missing out. Does my family and friends love me? So we kind of overlap those two, but it's the same thing. Next question. Am I worth? Loving. So beyond all of who, the who, what, when, am I even worth it? Right? It is 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 what I'm creating for other people is all this time that I'm dedicating 
doing what I call the nightlife grind, the, the, the nightlight grind, right? Where you have the nightlight on and it's just you inside of your studio or your bedroom and you're just zoned in on what you're doing. There is a question that comes up, even if you can't identify specifically as that is, am I worth loving? Last question, am I significant? These are all questions that we are at the core struggling to answer, which is why we desire so much to be on the end of the things that we are missing out on. I think about this last video that I did, Teach Me How to Meditate, meditate which you can go check out right now. It's a part of sort of a, what I call like a, a docu-vlog series where I'm vlogging, but I'm also doing sort of documentary style narration. And I think about the biggest obstacle for me in trying to consistently meditate. I think that the biggest thing for me is when I begin to, to meditate, there's a voice in my head that's already trying to create a to-do list for the day. And when that list gets started, it feels like there's a timer that is clicking down for the total amount of hours that I have to do what I have to do. You got to mix these beats. You got to make some more beats. You got to prepare your YouTube content before you go live streaming. You got to make sure the OBS is set up right. You got to make sure that your cameras have the proper exposure. The lighting is looking good. Uh, you got to make sure that if you're going to have a special guest that they have their audio set up. Okay. You want to make sure that zoom is okay. And all these things that you can think about throughout the day, we're not even talking about checking emails. We're not even talking about the, the surprises that pop up. We're not even talking about personal life and fatherhood and, 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 you know, and being a husband, like things just pop up. And when I, my day starts, as soon as I open my eyes up, first of all, I'm grateful that I have this day and sort of the double-edged sword of being grateful is I don't want to waste any time. And not only do I not want to waste my time, I want to make sure that it's worth it. I want to make sure that everything that I do is leaving an imprint. I want to make sure that everything that I do is for a purpose. And I think that's part of the reason why it's a struggle sometimes for me to meditate, because as I'm meditating, I'm thinking about what else I could be doing or for the, the sake of this episode, what am I missing out on? Is there potentially an email um, and thankfully, I'm in a headspace where it's not so much missing out on opportunities. I don't I don't worry about those anymore. And we're going to talk about why that is when we talk about something called guiding principles and how I feel like you can solve your fear of missing out. Right. And not even just solve it. That's the wrong term for it. I feel like FOMO exists for a reason. FOMO does. There's there's some benefits of it. Let's talk about there's some benefits of having a fear of missing out. One is it does make you want to stay connected to other people. It does make you desire your relationships with other people. It does make you it does make you. Think about your legacy and the imprint that you're living, you're leaving upon other people, which is all important. It also puts a little bit of urgency in your battery pack, your 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 your, uh, uh, your, your proverbial battery pack. It puts a little bit of extra fuel in there as you're trying to get out here and get things done because you're thinking about, damn, not even so much missing out on the fun that somebody else is having, but missing out on the person that I could be had I worked just a little bit harder, had I just grinded one more hour, 
Right. So I think that there are some great benefits of it. But I think that if you do not put some kind of control upon or are creating some kind of parameters for this fear of missing out, uh, you're going to miss out anyways. And then what you're going to find yourself doing is chasing these imaginary feelings. Right. These imaginary uh destination feelings of when I get there, or if I was there, I'd be so much happier than I am here. And then you're going to be reminded why you were, you're going to be reminded why you were at where you were at when you were consuming the thing that you weren't doing. You get what I'm saying? I think we forget that sometimes. My wife and I are a great example. Like we're homebodies to the core. I met her. She was a homebody. She met me. I was a homebody. And you get around and you're being around the house all the time. At some point you want to leave. And then you're like, man, we, we be in the house too much. I feel you, love. Let's leave the house. Let's leave, right? It's a little bit different now because obviously of uh, of all uh, COVID, um, you know what I'm saying? Oh, COVID. It's a little bit different now. But even when we get out, we start recognizing, damn, I hate having to try to find parking. Damn, I hate traffic. Damn, the little one, you know, last long drive we had, my, my son, he hadn't been out for a long drive in a long time. He gets car sick and starts throwing up. And it's like, you start thinking about what you could have been doing. <laughs> could have been at home. <laughs> could have been at home just resting, you know what I'm saying, or working on some stuff. Instead, you in traffic and he just, like the exorcist, but I'm not going to go there. Um, but it's important to establish some borders and parameters around that so that you know that it's okay if you're not in a certain place. It's okay if you're not out there having fun with everybody else. It's quite all right to miss out sometimes. In fact, it's, it's, it's to your benefit in the long term to miss out right now. I feel like so much of our lives is a test of if we're willing to put off Momentary satisfaction for long-term happiness, right? It's so much of a challenge, but then at the same time, it's so damn easy to just say no. It's easy, but it ain't simple. (laughs) It's simple, but it ain't easy, I should say. It's simple, but it ain't easy. Yeah, just say no. It's not always that easy, especially when it's things that are tempting or foods or you're on a diet or you want to try to, you know what I'm saying? You, 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 you don't want to go ahead and spend your whole profit into your ad budget as you're trying to sell some beats or promote an Instagram post or whatever you do. You don't want to do all that, but it's tempting. Instagram talking to you. They're like, yo, this is doing better than 80% of your, your, your post. You trying to let this one go? Y'all <laughs> spend a little duckets. You really should spend a little dollars. And, you know, the temptation is there. but. I think what's important is to recognize that life really is about respecting your future enough to say no to the things that are just temporary, just temporary moments of of dopamine rush. There's a lot of things that I think people are pushing forward to when they say that they want, but it's really just what they really want is a feeling or the, the gratification of saying, yeah, that's what I want. And somebody's like, yo, that's cool. And then they feel it. And then they're like, it spikes off the same dopamine rush as actually accomplishing it. So fear of missing out. I'm trying to think of before I get to the actual nitty gritty of this topic, because 
the solution I feel for myself, because I get through these periods where I, I talk about it pretty, pretty frequently on this, on this podcast, end of the year, my body and my mind needs to recharge. It needs a reset. It needs a reset like no other. It needs a social media reset. It needs to get off of social media. It needs to consume books. It needs to get to a place where I can slow my thoughts down and not be driven by the notifications and the pure ridiculousness sometimes of just having access to every type of human being on earth via the internet. My brain needs it. And the first year that I ever did a 30 day social media diet, the first three days felt like I was weaning off of a drug. No exaggeration. It felt like I was weaning off of a, it felt like, I, I mean, I don't know what that feels like to come off. Of it. I know what it feels like to come off of sugar, which could be classified as a drug. But we're not going to talk about that today. It's a little bit different conversation. Um, I know what it feels like to go days without sugar. Right. And in a month, actually, I did it without sugar. I know what that feels like. The sweats. I know what it feels like to have the 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 teeth grinding, the twitches, the body trying to uh, trying to adjust to this new way of doing things. But with social media, it's different because we pick these devices up so. So commonly without thinking like so unconsciously, I, sh- I was trying to say. We pick them up and we just go through it. You ever see yourself picking up a phone and you just. And then you find yourself in the middle of somebody's profile that you've never met because they left a comment on somebody else's page that you respect and you like the comment and you look at them and you down, you down that rabbit hole. Are you down somebody else's rabbit hole? It's fear of missing out. Fear of missing out. And it wasn't even a conscious decision to go 30 days without social media. The first year that I did it, my phone broke. I did a show and my phone broke. I did a show. And my phone broke. Why? Because somebody gave me a tambourine in the home of your gosh and in Dare House. And uh, uh, <laughs> yeah, we had a live show in L.A. and I was going a little bit hammered with my, my, my tambourine. We're not going to talk about that. But I broke my phone and I, I was without the phone the first few days. And I just felt like, dang, am I fiending like that? What, what do I truly care about? What am I missing out on? Whom can I not make a traditional call to? Right. Because. And, 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 and many of you could be like, well, you could have just checked it on your desktop, but that was the problem. You get what I'm saying? That was the problem. Why do I need to check it on my desktop? Wait, 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 wait. What is this thing that has more control over my thoughts than I do? I think we should examine this more. And I'm talking to myself as I say that uh, I asked myself, I said, wait, 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 wait. This thing has so much control over me. That I feel like I cannot move forward without it. This thing that wasn't even here 15 years ago before this moment. I need this. No, I got to control something. And so I made my commitment as my phone was broken. I was waiting for the new one to come in from the insurance uh, from T-Mobile. I was waiting. I waited. I waited. And I was like, after the third or fourth or fifth day. After weaning myself away from it, I felt so good. I cared so little for what other people were doing. It even helped in a time period where I was down bad. Financially, down bad in my career. 
it helped me to be like, for the folks that I was looking at and I was like, damn, that should be me or damn that man. I, why didn't I just keep going? Even though I was going through some crazy shit, why did I just keep going? Da-da-da-da. It made me for the first time have the peace to be like, cause that's their life. And your blessings are your blessings. As I took day at a time, one more day, one more day, one more day, finally got my phone. I said, you know what? I'm turning the notifications off. I don't, if, if, if I want to truly work with this fear of missing out, well, then I have to stop the devices or the, 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 the influences, influence, influencers of this dopamine spike, the notifications, simply turning off the notifications was one aspect of it to the point where, and that's the second part of it. You got to find something to consume your time with. But I, I was making more music. I was like, you know, I just need to make more music. I just need to make more music. And it happens that you fall off the wagon and go back to social media and you start worrying about the fear of missing out. And it happens the most when you're bored. It happens the most when you do not have things to consume your time with. At the time, I wasn't even a, a, a dad yet. It was just my wife and I. And... um. It, it had us talking to each other more. We live with each other. We was talking to each other more. It had me journaling more, writing my thoughts out more, seeing them on paper, expressing them in a way that I don't express them to anyone else. It had me really feeling like, yo, yeah, I know that I'm probably missing out on the latest hip hop gossip or the latest hip hop happenings and all of these things that are going on in this culture that I love so much. But that's OK. That's okay. It doesn't age me. It doesn't make me crazy. It doesn't make me anti. It's just okay. It's fine. And nobody was there to tell me that. And I think that's why it was more powerful. I think another aspect of this, though, because I wanted to tell that social media story only to say that was what gave me the clarity to know that life is still occurring outside the confines of your followers, outside the confines of your comments, outside the confines of how much engagement you're getting outside all these vanity statistics. Life is still going on for someone, for a lot of people out here. Right. It may not feel like it's a lot. Everybody has a, has a phone of some kind. Life is still going on. Right. Folks are truly the ones that are making the the tremendous shifts in this world, the ones that we all make memes about and talk about, you know, the, 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 the I wouldn't say Elon Musk cause he spent a lot of time on Twitter, <laughs> but all of these folks that are, that are ultra successful. Um, there's no way they're spending 12 hours a day on, on the socials. They don't have time. They don't have time. Right. And they don't feel like they're missing out because they're they're making the things that make people have FOMO. <laughs> they're making the things. Damn, I wish I had a Tesla. I wish I. they're making the things. That are making people feel like they are the fear of missing out, the things that they're missing out on. And I think that's what we're supposed to do as producers. We are. It's in our name to produce. And that's just not music. That's to produce creativity, produce content, produce results. A lot of people rely upon us to be the soundtrack to their lives. So it's up to us to figure out how can we control the strong, strong temptation of FOMO? 
Well, in the second half of this podcast, I want to introduce you to something called your guiding principles. Uh, I'm going to share some of my guiding principles that help me because the truth of the matter is you're going to miss out on things. Even if you're everywhere, you can't be everywhere, right? Um, there's somewhere you're always, you're only one person. But before we get to that, I want to make sure that we send love and thanks to our podcast sponsor, Voclia Doubler. This is a device that helps you to turn your vocal ideas into MIDI and be able to manipulate any instrument you'd like within your DA. Watch this quick little commercial and you'll get a better idea of it. Talk to you in a second. The Curtis King podcast is proudly sponsored by the Voclia Doubler. What is the Doubler? Well, I think better than telling you, I should show you. You trying to tell me I can use this microphone to make beats, to make melodies, to make chord progressions. I can use my voice. I'm all in. Pretty cool, right? Check this out. The Voclia Doubler represents the future of making music. The Voclia Doubler is a real-time voice recognition MIDI controller. It offers up a never-before-seen way to translate your musical ideas into reality using the one instrument you've been practicing since birth, your voice. Make more of the music you love without having to worry about how to get your ideas into your DAW. Before the Doubler even sponsored this podcast, I picked it up just because I'm a geek about technology. And I personally picked up the Doubler Studio Kit, which allows you to hum a melody, a synth pattern, or even beatbox one shots right into FPC if you use FL Studio or whatever DAW that you're using. This also allows you to manipulate effects and filters in a way that only the voice can. To get the Studio Doubler Kit, all you got to do is access getdoubler.com forward slash Curtis King. Okay, thank you, Voclia Doubler, for powering the Curtis King podcast. So, as I alluded to in the first half of this, we're now going to get to the very last part of this, which is the necessity to have guiding principles that you stand upon so that in the event that you get the temptation, right, um, it can even come in the form for producers as a company that's hitting you up and saying, yo, can you do can you do a video covering this product? We'll pay you this X amount of money and da 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 da. And you fear that if you do not take that money, that maybe you won't make that on your own. And uh, it, all of these doubts that come in, I think it's important. I saw another TED talk about the fear of missing out. And um, I want to make sure I actually get her name all the way correct, because uh, she said something that, that really resonated with me as well. Um, Priya Parker, or Priya Parker, I think it is. And these are all on YouTube, by the way. But she was saying that one of the ways that you solve your fear of missing out or you, you uh, find peace with your fear of missing out is to establish some guiding principles, some things that are non-debatable, some things that you say that, you know, f this is who I am. And this gives me the confidence to do that. Thank you, my love. She didn't came in here with some stuff. Oh, Thank you. That should be one of my guiding principles. Have Starbucks for whatever I'm doing. Shout out to my wife for that one. Um, okay, podcast over. See y'all later. I'm just playing. <laughs> so your guiding principles are going to help you 
to have that inner dialogue that is necessary to miss out on these things that you truly aren't really missing out on to begin with. Right. So many times we go and do the things because we fear of missing out and we figure out in the long run, even if we have fun, they're quite mediocre compared to the things we'd like to create for ourselves, compared to the things that we do create for ourselves. They're quite mediocre. We were just doing it out of fear. And I think any decision made out of fear, maybe that's another principle I should add here. But um, any decision made out of fear. You got to question it. I'm not going to say they're all wrong, but any decision made out of fear, you must question it and you must give it the third degree. So here are some of my guiding principles that allow me to focus better. They allow me to zone in. They allow me to not look at someone else's plate and think about what's on my plate. They allow me to have hyper focus on what I'm doing and appreciation for what other people are doing. They allow me to say no with the utmost confidence and without any regret. Here's some of my guiding principles. The first one, my autonomy and or you can call it my freedom, my creative freedom is more important than my popularity. I think that some people get into a headspace where they want to become famous and popular so badly that they're willing to give up some of the freedoms they don't they don't even know exist. I have done this. Being an ambassador of a brand carries certain responsibilities that limits you at the at times, right? Because you're always underneath a radar. You're always underneath a lens. You're always looking at people are looking at you within the company that you're representing as is this what our company stands for? And it starts to limit the things that you can talk about. It starts to limit your flexibility and freedom in what you're saying. My freedom, and that's not even just my freedom of speech, my freedom of time is more important than my popularity. Some people may feel otherwise. These are my guiding principles. Second one, good business is more important than a good look. I think every producer needs to add this to their guiding principle. Good business is more important than a good look. So many people have sold me throughout my career on what will be a good look to work with this artist, to work with this person, to do this. Da, 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 da. And my in the back of my head, even when I didn't have all the confidence to directly verbalize this or publicly verbalize this, I would always, I would always think to myself, if it's such a good look, then why can't they do good business with me? Why can't they pay me what I'm worth to this situation? Why won't they even acknowledge that I'm worth something to this situation? And it's because it wasn't up to them to do that. They're looking to not get the short end of the stick. They're looking to make sure they come out of there with the advantage. But it's up to me to also recognize good business is more important than a good look. Do not sell me on what this could do for me, man. If you work with me and, da -da -da -da, and you do this for me, it's not good business. It's good business for you. Good looks are not important, more important than good business. The next one. And this is more so me being an observer of other people. And how much they're willing to sell out what they came here for, for very small pennies. But it goes, don't sacrifice a billion dollar future for a shiny penny opportunity. What does that mean? It's not so much about the dollar amount. It's not even so much about money. It's about a future that is rich, loosely based upon the word rich, whatever you define rich as. I define rich as having a life that is wholesome, not wholesome in the sense of, uh, you know, the Brady Bunch and, 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 and like like ultra everything's all right. I mean, wholesome in the fact that it feels whole, that it feels like 
I have such a healthy harmony amongst the things that I value. Right. Just whole. I feel like I am. I'm, I'm, I'm for the first time. I'm not just the YouTuber guy, the the advice guy. I am for re- like I've been the producer, but now I feel like I'm making tons of music, just as much music as I'm making content. I'm also spending an amazing amount of time with my son and my wife. Right. I'm also thinking about how I can be a better man for my for my wife. I'm also thinking about how I can be a better father. I'm also thinking about how I can be a better rep representation of my community. Right. And like I think about all these different things and I'm like, this is to me a rich life. But so many times I have watched people who I could tell it's almost like if the Sims was a real thing and people had those little diamonds over the top of their head, but it had an, had a dollar amount that they would sell out for. And when I say sell out, I'm not talking about, you know, Oh, this person got a deal or got signed. They sold. I'm not talking about that's such pea brain thinking. Um, when I say sell out, I mean, when you stop pursuing what you started, started, started for, right. And you settle, when you settle just because of maybe the reason is you want to you want to look good in front of other people, you've sold yourself out. This is one example. But I see a lot of people who will stop grinding with you, who will stop working with you because they saw a shiny penny and was like, I don't know if it's going to get any better than this. Took that shiny penny, took it home and you never saw him again. So do not trade off or sacrifice a billion dollar future for a shiny penny opportunity. Next thing, even though mental health is very important, you know, it's supremely important to me, supremely important to many folks in my community, in this particular community, uh, YouTube community, uh, communication is equally as important as mental health. I think that the times that I have got to a place where life became way too overwhelming, although. I would hope that somebody would have compassion for me going through these, the, these, these episodes. It does not excuse me from the commitments that I have set forward. And although life is very unpredictable and can take me to a place where I'm like, yeah, man, I just, I just needed to get away. In all fairness to the people that I have done business with and that I choose and probably will do business with in the future, it is it is just as important that I communicate what the hell I'm going through. Or at least relay the message to someone else. Right. Maybe it's my wife. Hey, babe, could you tell him that I'm really going through it? Right. Could you please express that to him? Because I cannot I can't right now. That to me goes such a longer way than just disappearing. Communication is just as important as mental health. And I think it's actually an extension of mental health by expressing what it is that you're going through. Another question I ask, and these are guiding principles that are going to help you fight past that FOMO feeling. Does this accurately represent my roots, my people, and the God I serve? I think having the responsibility of knowing that there are stereotypes of black males out there that we've all been exposed to. And there are also stereotypes of rappers. There's stereotypes of even like, 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 like there's stereotypes of 
intelligent black man in which folks will say things like, oh, you're talking white or you did it. There are stereotypes that go along with that, but they do not acknowledge the multifaceted human being that each and every one of us is. They don't acknowledge the 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 just the different levels, the different layers that make up a human being, especially with me. You cannot pit me on anything because I, ha- I guarantee you I have an experience or two or a million <laughs> that would surprise you and that would contradict the vision of who you think I am. So it is important to me to accurately represent my roots. And that's just not, you know, uh, uh, my ancestral roots, but also where I come from, the cities that I've grown up in, the 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 the, the quote, the, the phrase getting it out the mud, like the mud that I come from. It's important for me to uh, remember that, to be humbled by that. The people, my people, right? Folks that look like me, but then also the people that remember me when it was a very humble beginning. It's important. That I feel like I'm still accurately representing them. Above all of that, the God that I serve, it's important that I feel like I am a beacon of light or a reflection of the love that I feel God has given me. And so these guiding principles help me stay away from, oh man, I gotta go impress these people. Oh man, I gotta go show up and be in front of these people. I don't care less. I could care less what they gotta say, as long as my folks and my creator feel, feel I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. A-okay with me. Another guiding principle, hard work and consistency beats talent and inconsistency. So many times I feel like we, we, I know I have gotten to these try hard places in life where I'm just working just for working, working just for the, the accolades, working for the people who say, man, you work a whole lot, Curtis. I, and I do all that. But it's also working in that form just to show people how hard you work is also a result of having a fear of missing out on the praise. So it's important that I understand that not working hard for the sake of working hard, but hard work and consistency beats talent and inconsistency. There are people that you see that have a larger following that have 10 times more talent than you, but they're not willing to show up on a daily basis and do the thing, do the job or not even just show up publicly, but show up for themselves privately. They only do it for the likes and the vanity statistics. It's important for me to understand one of my guiding principles, hard work, not just for the sake of hard work, but hard work and consistency will beat that talent and inconsistency. There's so many people that I've seen that are supremely talented that just disappear. Next one, never do business because of never do business because of desperation or out of desperation is what I think what I meant to say. That should be self-explanatory. The times that I have been desperate and got somebody to say yes and they knew I was desperate, it bit me in the ass every time in some shape or form. Right. So careful about the decision makings you do when you're in a desperate situation. Next one, stand by your word, Curtis. But be first to admit when you're wrong, Curtis. Had to talk in third person for that one. Um, that's a huge one for me. Standing by your word, your word is all you have, right? We've seen all the movie cliches, the, 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 the Scarface, my boys, my word, joy, like, like we've heard all that. That's cool. But stand by your word, but it's probably more important than just standing by your word. Be the first to admit when you're wrong. 
Um, that allows me to know when there's opportunities that I did sleep on that I should have at least looked into, especially when it finds me asking for the very thing that was being offered. Now, you can argue that everything happens for its own reason, but there are times where, like I said, one of the benefits of fear of missing out is the urgency that it gives you to try things out, to take risk. And I think it's important to be able to admit first to yourself and then to those you're doing business with, you know what? I was wrong. I was wrong. Another one, never judge a book by its cover, but also don't ignore your intuition. So there's so many times that, you know, somebody comes to me with some grand opportunity as a producer and something that I can do that's going to change my whole production career. And eight times out of 10, it didn't. But every once in a while, I said yes. I said yes. In the beginning, I said yes to everything. I'm not going to lie. I said yes to everything. And I, and I regretted it. <laughs> Nine times out of ten, I regretted it. But I got to a place where I started trusting my decision making because I started to look at where my decision making had brought me. My decision making attracted me to certain types of people, certain types of personalities, certain types of opportunities. So it got to a place where after talking to someone, even through text, but after talking to somebody face to face, which is something I really love to do after talking to them on the phone, talking to them, you know, via Zoom, you get to really know a human being. And when you know, when you get to know a human being, you get to know, you know, your intuition builds and you get to, to, to know like in, in a in a in a situation where. I needed this or I wanted to collaborate in this this manner. Is this someone that I can trust? And I am one now that I trust my intuition, even when it's wrong. I'll admit when I'm wrong, but I will trust my intuition. And even when I'm wrong, I still think there's, there's something there that's like something's incongruent. If 90 percent of how we communicate as of human beings is body language. I got to trust what my brain and my, my, my mind and my my instincts are picking up about the person I'm talking to. That's also something that helps me from having a fear of missing out. Another thing, having the ability to laugh at and humble oneself publicly is a sign of strength. I love being able to have moments where I'm able to show you how comfortable I am in my own skin, how comfortable I am to just be like, you know what? That was a goofy moment. You know what? I should never try to line my beard up because now I ain't got no beard. That is terrible. That is embarrassing. Having those moments, I think, is a sign of strength. Last thing, we don't have to share the same religious and political beliefs. But when we do business and we set a standard for how work needs to get done. We need to be on the same page. There's too many different types of human beings, too many different types of scenarios where you'll go, you're going to do business with people who have other points of views. I know that's probably it's probably blasphemy to somebody right now who's a part of the 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 cancel culture army of 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 folks who feel like, no, you need to align with all my beliefs before we, we can do any kind of business. I'm sorry to tell you, if you want to be as massively successful as you say that you want to be. You're going to either knowingly or unknowingly come in contact with people who have different political beliefs, people who have different beliefs about your own culture, people who have different beliefs about finances. And it is up to you and your guiding principles to decide what is the last straw or what is the border for that. But I know this. 
I know that I have done business with people who don't like people who look like me, who don't sound, who don't like people who sound like me. And one person may look at that and say, well, that's selling out. You can't do that. You got to do bit." Another part of me says, am I able to be the bigger human being and look at the bigger picture? And for those that I serve, right, the ones that I talk about when I say my roots, when I say the people that I that I that I came 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 up with. Right. When I think about the family, when I think about the God I serve, the same one that creates all these different human beings, I must humble myself. And realize that it's not about me all the time, but. I say all that to say, yeah, we may have different political views, we may have different cultural views, but when it comes to the work we're going to get done and how that is being conducted. We better be on the same page on that one. Right. Don't be biased and lazy. Like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Don't, 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 don't double down. Like, what are you doing? You know, there, there are some things to learn from everyone. And, and these guiding principles, really, I think if we look big, big picture, as we end this podcast, the bigger picture for me is being able to realize that when I'm working on something, that I have my heart behind, that I believe in, something that I love, something that is going to build a legacy, something that my son Nas is going to be able to eat off of, right? When I'm when I'm gone and and and, and you know all of that good stuff, um, he is going to have something that is going to build at least a generation of income uh, for him to launch upon his ideas and anything that he wants to do in this world. When I think about that. I think about these ideas that exist within me and within you that nobody else was put here on this earth to create, that nobody else can, because nobody's going to deliver it quite like you. Nobody's going to package it quite like you. Nobody's going to make the music that you make. You were put here for a reason to do something. That's why I get on folks' heads for making, trying to make everybody else's music except for their own. You were put here for a reason. Use that to your advantage. Part of that, though, is having the ability to shut off the distraction of not just other producers, but of a world that is going to go on with or without you. Damn, that's dark. Or is it? This world will go on with or without you. You will pass away. There will be people that have good things to say about you. People have bad things to say about you. There are people who are going to celebrate your life and your legacy and tell other people about you, hopefully for generations and generations after. You can only control what you can control. The things that you see on social media and the things that trigger your FOMO are merely external. You cannot control those. You can control what you do see and how you interpret it. Establish some guiding principles. Journal more often so you can see your thoughts. And see if you still feel the same way about these things you think you're missing out on. After that, that first 30 day social media diet that I had. I started to notice maybe I didn't like people as much as I thought I did. Right. Because my justification for spending so much time and fear, fearing that I'm missing out is, oh, my God, everybody's living such amazing lives. Da, da, da. Oh, my God, I just wish I was living more interesting. All of these justifications. And I figured out after only 30 days. They're a lie. Not the people. They may be living their best lives. 
has nothing to do with what my goals are here, has nothing to do with what I'm supposed to create myself. Right. Stay connected. Absolutely. To the best of your ability, stay connected, but don't be a slave to connection. Don't be a slave to to oh, I have to be here. I have to do this because then you'll find yourself in a place where you're always. At the mercy of someone else who had the audacity to live their life. Thank you once again for watching today's episode of the Curtis King podcast about the fear of missing out. Once again, if you're on the traditional podcasting platforms, make sure that you leave us a five star rating. Make sure that you leave some commentary. And if you're on the YouTube, you're watching this as a live premiere. I want to say thank you to my chat. I love you. I love you. I love you. I do. I don't even know why I'm singing like that, but I do. Um, and I want to make sure that you also leave some comments after this live stream so that we can make sure that, uh, you know, people understand what the topic is. What are some of your guiding principles? Share one of those with us. Maybe there's something I can add to my list. Those are just a few of them that I have that fall that are on the top of my head. But like I always say, first of all, thank you to Vakli Adela for sponsoring and powering this podcast. But like I always say, in this life, you will not be full of life until you decide to live life to its absolute fullest. Once again, this is Curtis King of the Curtis King Podcast. <laughs> have a good one.